0: alienate and marginalize people welcome to conversations this is your host michael stone and i am so excited about today's show if you ever longed for community or tribe and you ever felt lonely or just abandoned this is the this is the show you should listen to because i've got bill and zoe Bill Kauth and Zoe Alawan Kauth on today. And they are the founders of the Time for Tribe global community and also the authors of We Need Each Other. They've been teaching tribe building together around the world for more than a decade and have sparked the creation of many tribes across the planet. Bill is the co-founder of the New Warrior Training Adventure and the Mankind Project, MKP, and has initiated 80,000 men into healthy masculinity all around the world. He is the author of A Circle of Men, originally published by St. Martin's Press. In his role as visionary at large with MKP, Bill studies the state of the world and sees the profound need for human reconnection. Zoe Alawan-Kauth lives in community and has been deeply engaged in sacred art for decades. As an artist, singer, and healer, she weaves people together with authenticity and wisdom. She facilitates with humor and insight, co-honoring the divine feminine and masculine, and she was one of the founders of Awakening Women and the Local Threshold Choir. Bill and Zoe, it's so good to be with you.
1: Thanks, Michael. Good to...
0: Be with you again. Yeah. You look so vibrant. We've gotten older, but we're still alive and That's kicking. Eh? Let's start out talking about the origin of your tribe. I think it's been 14 years since you wrote the book. Talk about the, how it happened and how it's been unfolding. Just a little overview.
1: Zoe and I met at Burning Man uh, back in '05, and we discovered that we both had a passion for uh, tribe, for what we, we call tribe. Um, we had a passion for community. And we tried to figure out how to do it in a good way that would actually work, which uh, kind of excluded living together because that just takes so long and difficult and land. So we figured out how to bring together our uh, our, our intentional community. We use the word tribe just because we like it. It uh, it, it means personal community. It means uh, connection of of, of uh, committed friends.
2: I mean, it didn't happen all at once. That we <clears throat> suddenly started creating created a tribe it was a a, a long organic process Mm -hmm. and it involved uh, making so many mistakes because (laughs) we 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 knew we wanted this very transparent and authentic kind of community and connection between um inclusive of all uh, genders and sexual orientation we were particularly focused at the originally of just gee can we just start between um men and women can we find some kind of mm-hmm. safety in in that arena where we can a woman women can feel safe to be uh in the presence of men and what makes men feel safe to be in the presence of women mm-hmm. with that kind of authenticity mm-hmm. so. that's important
0: work i i did uh, for a couple of years the gender reconciliation work with will and cynthia oh, beautiful. and uh, that was really powerful and eye-opening the, the pain that both men and women are carrying out of lack of communication.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, the Mankind Project and those two, um, we, we've got uh, a, an enormous project together. I don't know if you know that, Michael, but yeah, because we're doing similar work uh, of uh, building community in the world. So thank you for even you just mentioning those, mm-hmm. and I also had been looking for gender reconciliation for about thirty years. We used to use that that phrase, <clears throat> and I think there's finally enough uh, conscious men, like in, in Mankind Project's got eighty thousand of us now around the world, and um, you know the women's movement actually catalyzed uh, Mankind Project because it's been doing. You know work in terms of conscious women and we we believe it's time and, and we figured out how to do it how to make it so gender safe that we can actually come together an extraordinarily high level of intimacy both men and women mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> we we did we've traveled around the world a lot and around the u.s um doing little seminars on on talking about building what we first started calling uh, a <clears throat> gift community very inspired by our friend charles eisenstein yeah um we brought him out here, uh, what was that in 2000? That was in 2009.
1: 2009,
2: he, he came out for, a, stayed with us. And we did a big workshop. But uh, that idea of how we are, can name ourselves as the gift and be willing to say, this is how I'm the gift. Mm. And that, is, that was really powerful. Uh, for us, and we're one of the seeds of that gift culture um, and that workshop that we had. So, we started to, in, in, in the talks that we gave around the mm-hmm. world, we would start by doing this apology um, because we realized that the wounding to the genders has been so huge. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. would I, I would always open it by uh, saying, you know, as a man, I welcome the women, and as a man, I apologize for 5,000 years of abuse. You know, it was it was unfair and should have never happened. And I'm committed to ending that forever. And there's something just I could barely ever say that without touching tears because uh, there's something so archetypally true about that. So
2: yeah.
1: we believe that that change that change is coming. Well, um,
2: I and then I would greet the men with saying, uh, "Welcome, men." And as a woman among women, I want to apologize for all the years and ways that women shame men.
0: Wow,
2: and that was so big for the men they came Mm -hmm. up to me afterwards and said oh my god I wish my wife was here to hear you say that and my daughters so uh, we we have took that into our training into our seminars Mm -hmm. and um, so we actually do this apology we walk around into pairs but we also found that it was essential to do that women speak back to women Mm -hmm. and and Men speak that to men, because yeah. we've all shamed and hurt each other way too much. Right.
1: So, so we've, we've built that safety into our tribe, and I, I want to just tell you a little bit about our tribe. We, we, we literally just had our weekly meeting about, it ended about 15 minutes ago. It ran for two hours, and we all checked in from our heart with our emotions and sharing. We did this on Zoom, of course, right now. And we're used to meeting, because we've been together for seven years every single week. So we're very, very deeply intimate with each other. And, uh, you know, then we each shared a, fa- a favorite poem. It was, it was it was lovely. Anyway, there's 20 of us, half men, half women, um, kind of half singles and couples. And the ages run from a couple of us in our uh, <clears throat> in our 50s and a couple in our 80s. And the rest are all 60s and 70s. And uh, we're all deeply committed to each other. Mm-hmm. It's um, you yeah, we all went through a training. So we have f- similar skills in, in conflict transformation, we call it and and gender safety, and then a lot of intimacy stuff we do. So that just gives you a little frame for the tribe that we've
0: built that we're now replicating all over the world
1: with our Mm -hmm. training.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk a little bit about the formation of the tribe and some of the the, uh, key things that, the essential keys for creating this kind of a Mm long-term tribe.
2: Well, the first idea was to find everything, that would make it doable and safe. Ooh. So, in Oregon, living on um, shared land together is very problematic. After Rajneesh, um, <laughs> they made laws in Oregon to prevent the ownership of land. It makes it very complicated. So, we we originally thought of living, you know, together, and but then we saw no what's doable. What can we actually? What could make it easy? And we can create an intentional community while living in our own homes. So that was a radical idea. Uh, when we first talked to people about that, what you're going to create, a, <laughs> a tribe, a, a community of people, but you all live in your own homes. Yeah. It, people didn't understand what that meant. Um, but that as we grew that, and we started helping other tribes to come into being, they, they uh, they see the value of it it's possible it's just a different way to think about it so we kind of looked at everything like what's most workable and we realized we 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 needed what worked is if somebody or a, a couple of people held the role of the founders mm. or the champions of the community so that they had some kind of they held some kind of hi- hierarchy for a, a s- certain amount of time until it was right for them to de-roll to be de-rolled mm-hmm. but that was mentioned right up in the beginning we are going to be de-rolled when enough people have gone through the process of becoming full members yeah. so that 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 also helped yeah. it was it it just worked
1: this was based on help the structure of our biggest mistakes which was giving away authority too soon what we find is that if you bring together a group of people it seems so right but, you know, it's, it's actually counterintuitive because it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because if you bring too many people together too soon, you've got too many egos, honestly, and authentically stirring the pot. And it'll take a year just to come up with your values. So what we do is we recommend that, like, two people, maybe three, maybe four, step forward as the founders, the initial founders. And then, like, in our book and in our, in our, in our course, we, we bring forward some pretty essential values that almost anybody can and then the founders tweak those and tweak the structure, you know, like how often you're going to meet. And then they bring that forward. And then they begin inviting the first group, maybe a half a dozen people. And then they train them in the, in the conflict transformation and the gender safety. and Those, those skills. And then uh, they do a provisional membership time maybe three months, and then they're initiated in as full members. Then you have, then you have peers. Then you bring in another group, and they have their best friends that they're going to bring in at that point. So you bring, bring together another group of six. You know, Then you've got a, a dozen or 14. And that's, that's how it grows. And at some point, the tribe uh, becomes mature enough, so to speak, able to run itself, that they invite the original founders to de to step back from their leadership role. And um, I remember when that happened for me, um, maybe a year, year and a half in, the tribe was just totally ready for us to step back. And they built this beautiful ceremony and they just loved us up and and cut us free. So we became just another member of the tribe. And it took me about six months because I'm leading stuff all the time, six months to realize that, oh my God, I'm just a member of the tribe. And oh, oh, wow, I just, I realized I could, I could fall back into their arms and they would catch me and love me and care for me and I didn't have to do anything. It was just my family, yeah. That was
2: seven years ago. So <laughs> seven years ago, wow. Seven years yeah. ago, so the time that we were actually the kind of head man, head woman of that, of that <laughs> tribe was, was maybe a year.
0: A little part of it, yeah. Yeah. How many people started in the group and how many are in it now and how much turnover do you have in the tribe Oh, yeah, virtually none. We, you know, we, we don't
2: st- have any turnover. We
1: started, wow. we had uh, a couple of people early on that um, they were in their provisional time for about six months and they opted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I don't know, a couple of years later, we brought in two more and they went through the whole process of the training and, you know, came in. And so it's, it's been really stable now for, you know, I mean, totally stable for at least three years, maybe five.
0: Wow.
2: But, you know, we started with just like, I, we started with, I think, four people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we shared our vision and our plan, our values, and um, brought them in with the f- and we had five sessions that trained people in gender safety, safety for men, safety for men, sa- safety for those of, of different sexual orientation, just safety, making it safe for people, to speak mm-hmm. their hearts. And um, also our tribe, is not uh we are so monogamous we have a monogamous tribe (laughs) there are other uh tribe experiments some using part of our model that are working on polyamory and polyamorous tribes but it's so much more complicated it takes the master's course to perfect that that one so again what's easy and Mm. so we don't do flirtation in our tribe we just don't flirt with each other it's just We see each other as brothers and sisters.
1: Brothers and sisters. We're
2: very focused on, uh, we would never want to shake that. And if there is a change of like, say, two couples, or a couple that's in the tribe, um, we have people agree, to make a commitment, that if there's a change in somebody's relationship, to let us know, to not keep it secret.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. So by Mm
2: -hmm. their willingness to be transparent and bring it forward, which has happened. Yeah. We've been able to support that, yeah. those two people, so that they are still in our tribe.
1: Yeah. This is also not like a therapy group, and um, most of us are in our separate men's groups or women's groups, and we don't do any processing. It's really just about being with each other and loving each other and sharing some experience. It could be a spiritual experience. It could be a little psychological learning experience. It could be just playing, goofing around. Sometimes we take the whole meeting to just check in and share our hearts. So it's, it's unlike the uh, you know the Mankind Project now has like a thousand integration groups we call them men support groups, you know with ten thousand men that sit every week. That's very different from our tribe, in that uh, what we do is different from what they do in those groups. Incidentally, there's a distinction that we make that's very useful, which is that um, the distinction between bonding groups and bridging groups, and bridging groups. Get together to be of service to somebody they take care of uh, you know kids or homeless people or whatever and that's the intention of that group bonding groups all focus in and I those those uh, thousand MKP groups and our tribe are all bonding groups it's all about focusing in and what I've observed now for almost you know 30 some years is that when people take the time to focus in and grow and evolve they get to a point where their lives are working They're they're fulfilled and in a way fulfilled overflowing. And then they realize that their lives are working and it's time to give. And then they build the bridging projects to be of service. And so like in Mankind Project, we've got like literally thousands of amazing projects that have bubbled up out of the men who have taken the time to focus in and to grow and evolve.
2: Hmm. And that really has happened also with uh, with our tribe, <clears throat> though these people are, are amazing people to start with. Um, that we carefully chose, you know, we invited them. Yeah, it's important. But they, they, we did a deep dive, a review of the last seven years in, in January of this year. And uh, I just, just what came up is people feel so held by the group that their work in the world can be even stronger. Hmm. And we have mm-hmm. some that have become. Um, they're, they're engaged in polit- seriously engaged in politics and we help campaign for them. Others that are doing a lot of work with youth and uh, some that are working on a, creating a, a home for um, women and children that have no place to go. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many projects that have, that we support each other's good work in the world. Well put.
0: I love what you're saying because so often when you think of tribe, there is a lack of diversity and integration and that a tribe can be us and then there's them. Uh, Mark Nepo, who's on my show fairly regularly, uh, has this great story. He talks about the two tribes. There's the tribe that's the you're different, go away. And then there's the tribe that's you're different, come teach me tribe. And I think and, and so then there's the integration in the larger, and it sounds like the community projects, project, project, however you say it. I'm schizophrenic now living in Canada. But but the integration into the larger whole and the, the ability to help diffuse the myth of separation, I guess, is what yeah. I'm really getting um, at. Yeah. Boy, we had two or three poems this morning in our tribe a
1: couple hours ago about getting beyond the myth of separation and quoted Charles Eisenstein a lot. Apparently his latest article is just stunning about
0: Mm.
1: how, how that's possible in this crisis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to say that we use the word tribe, um, quite lovingly and pragmatically. It just means, it means family to us. It means extended family. And, uh, we used the word community for a long time, but it was just too big. So we just kind of really come to be fond of the word tribe, and
0: mm-hmm. we're
1: aware of some edginess on it, you know. But we we just like it. We've embraced and it. I,
2: I like to just take a moment. <clears throat> I realized we just got going so <clears throat> fast, and um, here we are in this crazy time,
1: <laughs> oh,
2: topsy turvy time, and <clears throat> I just want, we want, to send out um, a really <clears throat> big hug and a warm embrace to all those people that are listening to this or watching this to, to hold you in this time where you need more comfort and more love than ever before.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so important. Um, It's interesting working in my global community that I'm working in and, um, and so many of the people uh, and particularly in certain areas, New York right now, is, is, is there's a lot of franticness around what's happening. A common theme that seems to be coming is the beauty of this. I mean, it's really sad, the sickness and the number of deaths, and and it's hard to even take in. At the same time, there's this realization that something is happening that's never happened in the history of humanity, in 200,000 years of evolution, that there's an opportunity given to us in a sense by the earth with this pandemic that has now made us recognize, oh, we really are all interconnected and everything affects everything else. And that the playing field has suddenly leveled you know, it doesn't matter how much money or power or political, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You're on this level playing field. And in that sense, there's such a, an amazing opportunity um, to be with that point of view, I think, to be a first responder on the on the uh, evolutionary front. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I've been hearing that from so many sources about that that sense of, you know, global Community coming together, and I'm on the uh, the Mankind Project International Council, which means once a month we get together with a Zoom call, and that was just like last Monday we got together, and there was you know guys from Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, and uh, <clears throat> Switzerland, and Sweden, Belgium, <laughs> Belgium of course, and um, and England, and even Canada was represented. And Mexico. Um, that teasing you there a little bit. But and Mexico.
0: And every
1: single man as they checked in was um just kind of in grief because they've had to shut down the trainings and um, exactly what we're experiencing here, they're experiencing all over the planet. So I got to actually feel that firsthand. And at the end of that meeting, every man was so deep in their hearts they just said, Well this is the <laughs> this is probably the most beautiful business meeting we have we've ever had. So it's happening.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a real yeah. breach in the normal.
0: Yeah. And there's not going to be a going back to, quote, normal.
2: No, we're in between the old story of what we took for granted and the new story, (laughs) which we don't know but we so do it makes your sure,
0: it makes your work really significant and important and you have a training coming up and I want to share that with people so again to our listeners if you just tuned in I'm talking to Bill Kalthon and, and uh, Zoe Alawan Kalth about their upcoming training time for tribe creating your personal community of deep belonging which is coming right up in April can you share a bit, a bit about that and what your expectations are, and what you're offering people? We've been so concerned about the
2: increasing loneliness and isolation mm-hmm. that's been just escalating over the last
0: couple of decades. I mean, it's really shocking what's what's going on just want to underline that because I, was, I wanted to talk about that. I looked up just in the U.S., and I have done this in other shows when we've talked about this kind of thing, that nearly half the Americans and something like 70% have said that uh, they, they feel alone. And one in three people in the United States have said that they don't have anyone to call in case of an emergency. Oh, yeah. Just to underline what you're saying yeah. with real yeah. numbers.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. the surgeon general under, um, was under Obama came out saying this is a medical crisis mm-hmm. because uh, loneliness kills more people than smoking. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a medical issue. Um, so that, that was one thing that we saw a long time ago, mm-hmm. this, this importance of, of both bringing people together. I mean, the importance of that for healthy human resources. We need that for uh, bringing out the very best of who we are.
1: Yeah, yeah this culture has been the, you know, for years, I mean, there's a book in 25 years ago called Bowling Alone, perfect title you know the loneliness I was 25 years ago and he identified it was a guy named Robert Putnam from Harvard he identified the the profound loneliness 25 years ago and now with with uh, social media it's just exacerbated it dramatically there's so many lonely people so in a way it could be that this this disease has got it in everybody's face so dramatically that that maybe uh, folks will be so hungry that they'll actually start reaching out and connecting with each other face to face. And that's been our, you know, it's, uh, in, in my life, it's kind of been my whole life task is to bring people together face to face to learn to know and trust and love each
0: other. So, you know, that, that would be my big hope for this thing. We did well, so it's showing up in the online meditation groups that I have and things like that. It's really, yeah. People are longing for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're longing to belong. Mm -hmm. wanting to know our belonging so that um this this piece of our traveling around and and we just kind of
0: Mm -hmm. said we're
2: not we want to reach more people i mean we've we helped catalyze tribes in belgium uh the the folks there they decided to translate our book we need each other into french (laughs) so they got the group of people together to translate it and then we went back there another time and then they formed their tribe there and i think there's now four tribes and we um we just decided we wanted to make it available online this is a big jump for us because we're not techie people
1: so we started it last year and honestly it's been more work than i've done in a decade (laughs) i mean learning learning this whole way this whole new way to teach (laughs) was really hard but we're we're motivated because we want people to have you know what 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 we found and um just to kind of link these things together in the course we have one one entire session on how to find people how to invite people and there's there's even um you know some subsets of that of how to open a conversation because mm-hmm. everybody starts at a different place in this thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and once uh, once the champions step forward the the founders they'll they'll then they'll then bring with our help the uh you know conflict transformation processes and some of the intimacy processes to the larger group that you know, become embodied.
2: So we've, we've looked at changes over the last three weeks to what our objective is for this work. Mm. We see so many people that don't have a friendship circle. They don't have a trusting group. And uh, before launching into getting to tribe, Mm -hmm. we realize it's important to help people just start by reaching out and holding the uh, leadership for something for, six weeks or something like Mm -hmm. that, where they can practice bringing and directing and guiding people, like offering a third thing, like a piece of poetry or a reading or some music, and then have people respond to that with what we call a check-in, but not everybody's used to having Uh, their words spoken in a check-in. It's kind of frightening for a lot of people. So to have something to relate to Mm -hmm. and they can speak to that has been really um, useful in teaching. Mm. So we have it broken down into these seven sessions. And uh, we start with the vision because you've got to have some vision for it. You have to have the ability to lift off from some of the um, overwhelming negativity since we're so wired to take in the negative more than the positive, mm-hmm. practicing some intentional repatterning to and rewiring in our brain to take in the good and expand our capacity to imagine what it would be like to have a group of people that have your back like you have theirs. That's a big stretch for a lot of people. Yes. So we start with that. Our, our first session is really focused a lot about uh, imagining and visioning and how to do mm-hmm. that with some support and some processes. So the, yeah, so that's, uh, yep. there's, there's, and we also in our, um, our, we've done two webinars about this right now and on those we've been focusing on talking about the four essential things that we've found work and don't work.
0: Tell us about the four essential things that work and don't work.
2: Well, the, the first one is, um, I think, of, is this place around imagining your tribe. That's something that doesn't work for a lot of people because they can't actually, they don't have some su- support to, to ex- expand the ceiling of their imagination. So that's, that's one thing, is the visioning aspect of it. That, that's essential for seeing the possibility of doing this. A lot of people think i don't have anything to give why would people want to come and be in my trust circle or my my tribe yeah. and they just they don't see their own gifts so mm-hmm. it's it's supporting them in even knowing their gifts or getting some reflection on that and that goes in that same uh first one of imagining possibility yeah. and the second thing is um discerning who's a fit mm-hmm. for your tribe mm-hmm. there's this idea that it's part of uh, in our generation, this sense of we must include everybody, everybody's welcome, <laughs> but in part of the community building that we've done, we've watched how um, even the most beautiful idea starts collapsing if there's somebody there that takes up all the space and all the energy, yeah, yeah. and then it's no longer a personal tribe for sharing yeah, and so, discovery. So
1: being, being too inclusive doesn't work in this model. Which is why it's really important to have the uh, the champions and the founders. That's that's one of the essential keys. That it, it really works infinitely better to do it in that form.
2: Yeah. So it's it become the safety net, right? Hey? Yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: oh, that's a whole other piece, is that we originally thought that, you know, given the state of the world and the ecological danger that people would really want to have, <laughs> would want to have a safety net. That would be their number one priority. In fact, I used to travel around talking about that years ago when I first learned about it. Honestly, what we found in our tribe is people want intimacy and connection. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. That was
0: the core
1: need. You know, given the crisis that we're in right smack now, this may be shifting in terms of people having more motivation, realizing that uh, you know, they may be you know siloed pretty alone and, damn, I wish I had built my tribe some time ago. But the truth is it's not too late because we're moving on. And, and so that, that may be more of a motivator.
2: And another essential <clears throat> thing is, as I maybe alluded to before, safety. Okay. Mm-hmm. What what What's going to build trust? Safety. So you have to start by looking at each thing that you need to teach or you want to share mm-hmm. and basic safety uh, skills like confidentiality in a group. What, What's said in this group stays in that group, you know, just agreements, some basic agreements, real basic practice of teaching active listening, so that people have the capacity to Mm -hmm. hear what someone says, pause and reflect it back to them. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at all the things that create safety. And and one of them is um, how often the tribe meets. Once you decide, our tribe meets every week
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and, though sometimes people are traveling, though not now, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no. it's that yeah. safety of rhythm, of knowing you can count on it, like every mm-hmm. week. And people often in the beginning said, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. But once they found how rewarding it was, yeah. they just put it in their calendars.
1: And people have been meeting, I mean, you know, hundreds of millions of people have been meeting once a week in their in the religious structure for thousands of years so it's not like this is atypical and what we've done is we've just limited the number of people in our in our in our tribe church we don't call it that but um to you know we think a couple of dozen is probably the absolute max to have a the depth of intimacy we're looking for and yet uh, even 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 with that the, the connections come from uh separate getting together for lunch with people within the tribe and you know one on bonding one-on-one one on one. so we've got the uh you know both the connection and the intimacy built into the structure.
2: Bill tells this story about how often, and I witnessed it. How often he'd bring a group together and said, "Okay, everybody, <laughs> we all care about each other. We have skills, and let's do the, let's do this. Let's build a community." <laughs> and it, it just like, it just didn't happen. But we, but he kept doing it over and over again <laughs> until he we learned this lesson, that it's kind all of
0: like again. gardening, eh?
2: It's so much like gardening. Yes. Ooh. It's gardening all the way. It's like who who's going to um, holds set a structure for the garden, yep. and then who's going to choose the plants that are going to seem like the, the plants that are yep. going to blossom in that garden. And
1: having the patience for those. Mm-hmm. Plants to, to blossom. You say, oh, and that one the is patients, ready.
2: But nurturing them yeah. with water and love and attention.
1: Yeah, we actually, as Zoe mentioned earlier, we teach uh, kind of a briefer version of just a, uh, you know, a brief support group, um, uh, which maybe will run six weeks. And that trains the founders in how to do that, how to bring people together and how to train some basic skills. And it also allows a kind of a sifting process to kind of see who's going to blossom.
2: Mm-hmm. I want to go back into that discerning uh, discerning who's a good fit and who's not Yeah, like you, you kind of make, kind of look at the qualities that are important for you and go, all right, is that person, how does that person make me feel when I'm with them? Um, are they balanced in their giving and their receiving? Um, do they have a, a good sense of humor, you know, a really healthy sense of humor, not a hurt humor, but a healthy one. Um, just do I feel when I s- am with them, do I, can I see them standing strongly by my side? Yeah,
1: mm, nice. And I, I balance all that by saying, and don't be too picky. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some terrific people, they tend to weed out for superficial reasons. That once you get to know them and love
0: them, they're awesome. So. <laughs> well, sometimes it, it's probably, you know, sometimes people have an overwhelming need to be seen, which is really about their father or, or, <laughs> Yes. Or it could be love, which is about their mother, generally, <laughs> nourished. Yeah. And there's a way some, sometimes people just can't get beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know? we,
2: we have had a couple of people who we, we cared about so much, but they just, uh, they, they just weren't.
0: Can't receive.
2: They couldn't receive the intimacy, and they were too afraid to reach out for the intimacy. So they said, yeah. I, I just have to bow out of this. I, I, it's too triggering for me. Yeah. So it wasn't a good, they wouldn't be happy in the tribe, and we didn't want them to force themselves. Yeah,
1: and that kind of narcissism you're talking about is pretty easy to spot up front. So.
2: Well, when it's <clears throat> extreme, yeah. 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 But we've we've seen a lot of people flourish in the tribe over the years.
0: Oh boy! As
2: they're just seen and seen, and there's a rhythm. It's like reparenting. They say, "I feel like I've been oh. I've been reparented."
1: Yeah, or it, like attachment uh, attachment theory yeah. talks about broken attachment. Which you know, you're in the tribe for a couple of years every week, and you're feeling loved, and that even those kind of deep, deep wounds get healed. That we've watched it just virtually everybody, including moi has grown significantly from being just being in that healthy container of love.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful.
2: We've also been thinking about how now in this time of uh, COVID-19, how we're going to be doing a lot more virtual online group support and not be focusing that it's going to be all face-to-face or place-based even
1: I, yeah,
0: I have a question about that. Actually, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, doing the show with you and given the, the state of the world, yeah. I'm wondering so much negativity has come from social media and, and also there's so much potential. And I'm just wondering of the potential for actually tribe building, actually having virtual tribe building. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what you've thought of about, that because you're you're used to having small groups and maybe that's what needs to happen or maybe it can be expanded or you know how to get the 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 commitment and the buy-in and the intimacy in a virtual setting before you know not you've had a start so probably when you have a virtual session you're totally intimate but with people with forming something do you think that's a possibility or have anybody any people done it that you know of
2: well, we're doing it.
0: Yeah, we've got a follow-up to
1: the previous training that's gotten remarkably intimate because they, they've learned a bunch of the skills. So we think our, our model is, is clearly transferable. And as is the Mankind Project uh, integration group model, I mentioned that there's you know 10,000 men that sit every week. And there's some men that just, they simply live remote. They couldn't actually get face-to-face. Oh, so they're doing and,
2: virtual now. Yeah, and
1: there were some guys that were like, like in the middle of Los Angeles, and they just couldn't drive. It was, it was very interesting. So some of the Mankind Project guys, they started these, these remote you know, Zoom-based I groups integration groups, mm-hmm. and they're working. They're working really, really well. Right. So we actually have a precedent of a couple of years of several of these groups that work terrifically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and there's a, a set of skills that we bring forward to really allow a, a deeper level of intimacy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're happy with this group that has followed up from our fall course, Time for Tribe course, and um, they range all over, wow. all over the globe. Yeah. So they, I'm sorry I
0: interrupted you. There's two more ingredients. Uh, one is safety, I think, and then I forgot what the last one is. Um, I think
2: I spoke to three of those. One of them is a conflict transformation process. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We we just yeah we it's it's having some structure and some commitments and value and part of our structure is that we everybody agrees to practice this conflict transformation model which is a combination of some of the clearing model from the mankind project uh-huh. and nonviolent communication yeah and then we threw in some stuff on top of that our tribe really came up with mm-hmm, it together mm-hmm. and it just is brilliant people on the that from the last course, they have reported, I've used it with myself, I've used it when I'm in conflict with others, and it works. It, it kind of takes that deeply traumatic conflict, <laughs> that down there that's just so gritty, mm-hmm. and it transforms it into this deeper connection and gold.
1: Yeah, there's, a, there's an inner exploration that's built into the model that allows... Um the, you know, both people in the conflict to, to, to out that, to bring that, bring that part of themselves forward, which is where the transformation happens.
2: Yeah. To look at what it reminds them of.
1: Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Yeah.
2: So that's been a very powerful piece. And it's what many pieces do not have, what many groups that come together don't have. They don't have an agreed upon way of resolving conflict before they Mm
0: -hmm. start getting together. Mm -hmm. I know one of the processes that you have is re-upping or um, the recommitment ceremony. Oh yeah! Can you share a little bit about that? So every year people <laughs> re-up, right? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. It's, it's really fun. Okay. We do that
1: very deliberately. We, we take a three day trip away. Sometimes we go to the coast, sometimes in the mountains, we find one of those big houses and rent the whole thing and all, usually all 20 of us show up for that, that event. And sometime in that, sometimes it's Saturday night, we do this, uh, we do this recommitment ceremony and I'm going to tell the, the, the women's ceremony tends to be really tender with a lot of seeds and <laughs> possibilities and uh, it takes a long time and it's very Lots beautiful. Lots of prayers. Lots of prayers. <laughs> Whereas,
2: <laughs> Cloths, candles.
1: Oh, candles. Ooh, nice. <laughs>
2: but, but uh, one time the guy said, okay, we're going to do it this time. Yeah, right. So that was the shortest one we ever had.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: it, it was like we were at the coast that time and the guys had built a fire down on the co- uh, on the on the beach and the the men blindfolded us and kind of escorted us down from the house to the beach and we got there and the man that was leading it had these made these torches they're all laid out around the fire and then he stood there he, he lit his torch and he stood there and he each person kind of came in a circle up to him, and he said, state your name. Do you recommit to this tribe for another year? And yes. The priest said, yes. And then he goes, they said yes. Oh, my God, they said yes. And we all go, they Yay! said yes. Wow. We felt like the most blessed people in the entire world that this person said yes to us. Oh, lovely. And then we all had a big old blazing bunch of torches and drumming and you know it was like it was like over like yeah. 10 minutes
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we make up some of the most creative stuff you know it's just a regular group of people but boy the creativity that bubbles out uh, like I, yeah. I said i've been going to these meetings every week for seven years and i've never been bored yeah mm-hmm. somebody different leads every time so i get to lead maybe every couple of months you know and uh, it's
0: great i think safety is a really for creativity, safety is like one of those injections that can really expand the possibility of creativity, yeah. you know, feeling safe.
2: I think that's why people on the tribe Time for Tribe course last time, we put them in these breakout rooms, right? <gasps> oh,
0: they loved
1: it. And they
2: do the processes that we have demonstrated. Yeah. And then they're doing it with another person. And it's so quiet. There's nobody else. Um, <laughs> And they just yeah. have this deep experience of safety with this other person.
1: And they, they wanted to go on so bad yeah. that, uh, that that wasn't our intention, you know, and we, we have a follow-up group. But that's what leads me to believe that this model will work brilliantly online. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because that safety creates, and vulnerability creates so much bonding. I mean, you it's
0: know. It's so you're going to do this in the upcoming course, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Seven that starts sessions. April 14th. And, and, uh...
2: and it's great because not only do we have um, these seven sessions, but we have some wonderful guest faculty, yeah. uh, Charles Eisenstein.
0: Is, oh, Charles is going to be is, there. He's oh, uh, yeah. on
2: our, we, have a, we recorded an interview with us. It was us a really fun
0: interview that we did with him.
2: And um, Keith uh, Rick Hansen.
1: Yeah. Oh my him. goodness. <laughs> yeah, he loves that guy.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed doing his neurodharma course. And mm-hmm. so we talk about the, uh, the necessary human, healthy human resources that are needed mm-hmm. for people to really bond and connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Take the other the one is, and I'm oh, taking in the good too, and about the the neurological research he's devoted to, about right. taking in more loads of positive, and what parts of the brain light lights up when you are right. in that more pastoral place, yes. and then um, the other one is Line Goodman, who is just mm-hmm. a great work with. Uh, blocking beliefs, and he he talks about that, yeah. so those are also part of what people access as part of our course and then there 's a live recording that we do with a mm-hmm. question and answer section that is also available for people to mm-hmm. look at um, and either participate in it, but if they miss it, they can look at it, look at it again, and then we have in each session so many materials that help to back it up, so it just mm-hmm. is like a a a book of information, resources and documents. And its uh, I think there's so much value in it.
0: So now I, 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 the whole course is live, isn't it? Or is it partly oh, yeah. recorded? Okay. All of
2: our recordings yeah. are live oh. for each session, but then yeah. there's a lot of PDFs that people download. Oh,
0: I got it. Okay. Yeah, so why don't you just maybe take us through the seven modules? Would that be useful for people to get a sense of what's, what they can get out of doing the the...
2: So anyway, people can go to timefortribecourse.com okay. and there they'll see all the sessions. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll speak to it. The, the first one is about this process of a of visioning. I mean, that is an important beginning
0: mm-hmm. and,
2: and, and giving people the assistance they need in in, stretch, in stretching their vision. I keep stretching my vision for this what my imagination of what's possible. I mean, I like to see thousands of these support groups, thousands and thousands of of them around, because it's local. It's something where you can really exact change. And that's part of what Meg Wheatley, who we like a lot, who says, Mm -hmm. you know, create islands of sanity.
0: Yeah. Did you, you I'm sure you read her last book. Oh my God, we love that
1: book so much. My copy is all marked up. And, you know, she says uh, uh, so often, that you know, whatever the problem is, the answer is local community. Yeah, yeah. do what you
2: can do with the people you can gather around uh, you.
1: The other thing I love about that book—I'm so glad you mentioned it—was that the whole first part of the book is about empires and how there's been empires for decades, from from millennia. Yeah, they've all collapsed according to six very precise um, stages, mm-hmm. and we in the USA, the American empire, is way in the sixth stage right now. So, I frankly took some scholars from that because it kind of made the, the craziness make sense in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I just want to tell people uh, I had Meg on right after she wrote the book. So uh, if you uh, go to welloflight.com, you can uh, uh, find Margaret Wheatley, uh, my interview with her. That was about almost two years ago, I think.
2: Yeah, she wrote that book a while ago. Wow, beautiful, Michael. And she's doing a lot of work yeah.
0: with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, session, our session, our second session, it's gonna look at a, the very important act of how to invite people, how mm-hmm. to invite people into your vision. Because mm-hmm. that seems daunting and it is for a lot of people, but once they start doing it, it's surprising how um, receptive people are to it. So that is, in that in that section, we also talk about active listening. Because it really, when you're making a proposal like this, it means you really need to listen to the other person, listen to their response, and really hear them, be them, be there for them. And then I, I found this amazing uh, woman who is brilliant on the art of small talk, the fine art of small talk, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. and she, uh, she helps people use small talk in a way that deepens conversation, where you actually. Wow can go far deeper and I used all of these one time and I, I was taking a sauna with my daughter and uh, somebody came in and was very quiet and then I, eventually I just started asking some questions based on on her work on the uh the fine art of small talk and we just had this amazing conversation my daughter later said how do you do it and I go I just did what she told me to do in this I need, book. <laughs> I
0: need, I need her.
2: Okay, I'll take <laughs> I want to go
0: right to the the marrow of the bone when I start a conversation, and it doesn't yeah. always work.
2: <laughs> no, you have to know how to do it. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: Another one of the sessions is on uh, the
1: trust groups that we've already mentioned, which is a kind of a an a easy, short-term, doable one. And um,
2: Well, I want to also take us back to the third session. You, you jumped a session or two there. But the third session is where we go into sharing our best skills and tools for what works to uh, deepen connection and intimacy pretty quickly. Mm. It's amazing how quickly. It's like speed dating or something, or speed friendship. After our training, sometimes people say, wow, I, I know people here, almost better than I know the people that I've been friends with for years. So, um, and we have a lot of tools that we bring forward. Um, Yeah, so we also have a session on looking at the deep honoring of of genders, of all genders and those of gender fluidity and (laughs) looking at the the gifts and the healings which we spoke about a little bit earlier, but it's that's a a big subject. I, I like to separate actually the men and the women, or those who identify as men and women. Um, oh, that can be is getting increasingly a little bit more complex as we want to make room for everybody with all their different um, orientations. But it's it's important. Yeah. Um. And then we we uh, we we look at the structures that are needed to actually move for people from creating trust circles or friendship circles
0: mm-hmm. into
2: tribe which is more commitment. So we start with some commitment light things and then move them into something that has a commitment of a year.
0: What an amazing course. I can't I, it's so everyone should do this. Tell people how they can get a hold of you and and participate. And is there a limit to the number of people you can have in the course?
2: Hey, no, we're on Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right,
2: and we will wow. do a lot of breakout rooms. We just Zoom is, is I mean here's the blessing of this technology. It's, it, we're very grateful for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. With, with the Zoom uh, breakouts, we can have you know dyads or pairs working, or or threes yeah. or fours or five. Yeah. Wow.
2: So how the best way to do it is go for uh, go to time for tribe. Course.com, and go through that down to that page, and you'll see these nice little pretty red buttons that go enroll here, register here, <laughs> and then uh, we are we are really bending over backwards to making oh. this available to
1: oh yeah to couples couples come in as one, and if uh, if somebody you know has a sense boy I I could do this but I I need to have a couple of friends bring those friends along yeah and I'll do it for one
0: yeah beautiful Beautiful. yeah that's that's what we want
1: we want tribes to happen and we need those champions
0: stepping forward so wonderful to be with you i love you guys so much and i'm so (laughs) just touched by what you continue to birth into the (laughs) world to have a better world to uh, connect people deeply from the heart it's just such a such a joy to know you and to have you on the show thank you so much thank Thank you you, michael Michael.
1: i feel really seen thank you yeah
2: (laughs) <laughs> and I see you. I really see, I see your beauty. You. I
0: know <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah.
2: And we're all doing what we can to create the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible.
0: Absolutely. Thank yeah. You. Conversations is an independently produced program supported by KVMR 89.5 Nevada City and listener contributions. We are committed to bringing you leading-edge thinking in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or order any of our past shows, go to our website at arewelistening.net.